0: I've never done nothing wrong to Ricky Hatton. And I've got to tell you, he's one fighter who doesn't like any fighters. I don't care what he says, I shook hands with him. This is the biggest event I've ever been involved with. Let me tell you something. It's a massive, massive, massive event. The biggest event out there. Yeah. It'll break box office records. Fantastic. But it's just a money fight. If this wasn't happening, he wouldn't be fighting till next... Won't be fight until next... bear some money coming in. He wouldn't be fighting
1: until next next March Joshua's been a two-time heavyweight champion of the world I think it's a yeah, fight but that, that, that it builds like, legacies doesn't it but that, that's, I don't agree with that this is up front with me Simon Jordan I believe there are a lot of vacuous uninformed unchallenged opinions out there I want to get to the bottom line and cut through the nonsense so with this podcast with William Hill I'm going to get people with strong views who think they can stand them up to proper scrutiny there's a good chance I might learn something along the way and more importantly so might you Joining me in today's episode, a man who has spent over four decades in the world of boxing. He's promoted a host of iconic names down the years from Prince Nazim Hamid, Nigel Ben, Steve Collins, Chris Eubank, Amir Khan, Ricky Hatton, and more recently, Tyson Fury. From breaking the cartel, to getting shot, to going to the very top, Frank Warren. Welcome to Upfront. How you doing, young man? Not bad, mate. Not bad. The old game changer, Frank Warren. The old <laughs> game changer. Perhaps we'll talk about that this well, Tuesday. Changed interesting. the game. This is about you, and this is about your backgrounds. And the focus of this show is to talk about how you've got to where you've got, the journey that you've been on, and the things that you've done. Um, and I suppose it starts with what made Frank Warren, what got you into a position to be in the business that you're in. It's an interesting business, just one you know that I'm looking at. With, and my eyes are getting wider and wider the more I look at it as you've told me be careful what
0: you wish be for be careful what you wish for yeah talk to me about your background Frank I was born in Islington in 1952 I left school when I was about 14 and a half and I drifted into doing a few things I worked down Smithfield Meat Market I worked down Covent Garden I worked in I went up owning some pubs and nightclubs and I was very very young and I and also Operated um, machines like pool tables, some fruit machines, and so forth in various pubs and clubs at a very young age. My uh, family was quite an alpha family on my dad's mm-hmm. side four brothers, my three uncles, and my dad. And they were, they were you know, they all known in the area. They were pretty tough guys. I did very well at school to start with, but I, did, I, I sort of stupidly lost interest in it and started bunking off school quite young which well, is stupid as well but that's what I did
1: given that you, you, you're you in boxing given that you've got people in and around your orbit that can handle themselves and also I know that you were related to Lenny McLean yeah um, who was obviously in Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels but notwithstanding that was also you know a bare knuckle fighter of some repute alongside with um, uh, Roy Shaw yeah any inclination or leaning for yourself to have ever gotten inside the ring
0: no I, no no I, I never had the discipline I used to like, as I said I was involved in clubs and nightclubs and I you know I used to enjoy being involved in them you know made money out of it and also enjoyed the being out, out and about so I had a couple of cousins who were boxers yep Lenny was a second I was like, it did they weren't bare knuckle fights they actually fought They war gloves right and I put the I put the second fight second and the third Oh, sorry, I put the third fight on the rubber match between them. I was only twenty, about 23, 24, and Lenny was a couple of years older than me. Lenny was always a bully, terrible bully. He was one of those kids who was always big. Mm. And uh, he went to my uncle. He, 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 first of all, we went to see him fight Roy Shaw at a place called Sinatra, spelt with a C, over in South London. And uh, yeah, I know where that is. I mean, I'll come straight from on it. Northland. Yeah, mm. that's it, yeah. And uh, he fought Roy Shaw, and he came out. I remember that the bell went, he came out, Lenny, and he hit him and he went all over the place, Roy Shaw, and that's all he did. You know, for another punch, he mm. went to the cor- went to the corner, put his arms up on either side of the ropes and went to him, go and hit me on the chin. And he must have hit about, you know, 25, 30 times and he just slid down the post. And what, what was going on there? My uncle gave him a terrible telling off, I'd say, what What do you, you know, because we only went as spectators, how stupid it was and that was that. And then about six months later, he went to see my uncle Bob, and he said, uh, "I've made it. There's a rematch. They want to do a yeah, rematch." Yeah, I've seen. The, I've seen the videos of it. Yeah, and we, uh, so we um, put him with a tra- or put him with a trainer who was uh, Freddie Hill looked after both the Finnegan brothers, mm-hmm. and he obviously couldn't be training somebody who's, who wasn't licensed by the board. He could train him, but he couldn't get in the corner with him. So on the week of the fight, Lenny said to my uncle, "Look, I'm told if I win this fight, there's going to be trouble and all this stupid." So. So on the night, my uncle Bob and I were a cornerman. You broke the cartel at the time, didn't you? There was a cartel of
1: Mickey Duff and Terry Lawrence and Jarvis Astaire that had and everything. Mike Barrett. and Mike Barrett that had it all tied up. And it was Correct. more to do with venues, wasn't it, than anything and TV. else? and TV. Is there anything different today? I mean there's, there's yeah. you is you and there's Eddie Hearn and his crew and there's Ben Shalom and and Cali Sowland and Wassermans, but isn't there a little bit of a
0: cartel mentality here? No, because we opened it up. You know, I mean, well, I say I opened it up because first of all is you couldn't book Wembley, you couldn't book York Hall. I couldn't book York Hall. Right. You couldn't book the Royal Albert Hall because they had exclusives. Yeah. And I get that and understand that. BBC did not want to show any of my fights. And ITV at the time did show boxing, but it was overseas boxing from america they never had any domestic boxing they had a little dabble at it and it all fell apart for them they'd done some shows with eddie thomas when he got involved with john conti but it didn't work out and when i finally got involved with itv and got them and it was thames television in those days because obviously they had all the different regions mm-hmm. and got involved through bob but the late bob burrows who was a great guy that broke the mold that gave me a, a lot of um, strength to sign fighters so that you are going to get some exposure i fought for live tv border control cartel we do not want live tv it'll affect the gates and they were putting on some shows that were pretty crappy at that time because they had it themselves there was, i remember the night of the Tijuana tom- tumblers that they called and these mexican fighters come in they lasted i think between them lasted about six rounds in four fights and the place was at the uh, Albert or There was twelve hundred people in there. And that was it. So I got back into it. I got into. I had to find my own venues. I had to be creative. I was putting them in hotels. I eventually got to Ali Pally where there was a tent. I booked circus tents. I had to do everything I can to find a venue. And eventually, I broke down the the uh, that I broke down the whole thing that I could promote at york hall i got eventually to the albert hall it took me about 15 years to get to the albert hall mm-hmm. wembley and so forth and then arenas started ha- starting built around the country but we did we couldn't do that and i and then that I, I mean i was constantly at war with the board you know threatening to take them to court or injuncting them everything and i won everything Or they backed off because they knew. I thought they at first they thought I was a nuisance and I'd go away. And I had the bit between my teeth because one, because I was really enjoying it. Mm -hmm. I don't mind having a little bit of a battle every now and then. So I got me bit between the teeth, and I was determined to not be bullied by anybody, and managed to, as I say, to, to you know, to basically see off the opposition and start signing fighters, which is the most important thing. Signed a lot of fighters up along the way. Brought Joe Bugner back. I got my first Aussie in it. Yeah, I got my first TV day back yeah. off of um, ITV at the time, and it went on from now. What kind of promoter are you? First of all, it's a business. Yeah. So, am I going to look after myself? If I can, I will. Am I a gambler? Yes, I am. Yeah. I'll, I, you know, I'll have a punt, big punt, because that's the background I came from. You know, betting. Will I? Do something to spite myself? Yes, I'm a bit of a bit of a masochist in some ways. Will I pay more than I should do? Yes, I've done that, mm. but I always look at the end game and what, what I can do, and take it, you know take each opportunity that I can make or create or it's available, and try and make the best of it. I tell you why I ask because it, there's
1: a controversy follows you at times, and I guess if you put yourself in the kitchen, it's going to get hotter times. But you've had well publicised fallouts or That's my perception of them with Joe Kazagi, with Tony Ballyu, with Ricky Burns. And there is a rumor that follows you at times about that you don't pay your fighters, that you don't look after them, that getting money out of you is a bastard job to get. When that accusation is made of you, or made to you by me now in this instance,
0: what's your reaction to that? I'd sue whoever says it. If I didn't pay a fighter... What would you do if you're a fighter or a manager and you don't get paid? Yeah, but you know how it works, Frank. We've seen it. We, uh, no, 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 no.
1: no Pair no, no, it away from you for a second, and we will come back to you in a second. We know that bloody Don King had
0: Tim Witherspoon in a bleeding poorhouse, uh, right? So we know it exists in this America. Sport. We're talking about the boxing yeah. border control in his country. You don't pay a fighter, you're called before the board, and if you don't pay them, they take your license away. And I've seen it happen. So where's this come from then? Because it, right. It, so it, your answer. Let's answer yes, everyone. Yeah, go on. Right. Ricky Hatton. I have never done nothing wrong to Ricky Hatton. In fact, so I made available publicly all of the money that I paid him whilst he was with me. And it came out later that in a court case, when his trainer sued him over short, according to the trainer, shortchanging him, that um, he was being cross examined by um, the barrister and the, the lawyer at the time who, ra- who represented Ricky was uh, Jonathan Crystal sorry, Jonathan Crystal is doing the cross-examination, asked the question of Ricky Hatton, how much did you get for a certain fight from me? And he said, I remember that fight. It was the first time I ever got a million quid. And I'd already, they asked me if they could see what what I'd paid him. And I gave it to him. He said, well, look at this invoice. This invoice is for £250,000 more. It's worked for a big world title fight, right? Mm. He said, no, 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 no. That's He said, well, there it is. This is the statement. It, this is the invoice, your invoice, and this is the statement proving it's paid in. But no, 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 and it turned, and they stopped the case. They asked his barrister asked to stop the case. Let me just. It's very it's go important. On, go on. So what happened? He had a big fallout with his father over money not being declared oh, with Ray. Yeah. Just v- yeah very. Yeah, yeah. This is well known. They had a it's, it wrote, it's public. You know, it's been in the newspaper. They had a fight. And he yeah, never spoke to his father. Yeah. That was over money. Nasim Hamid, and, and Rick is a pal of mine. now. We, yeah. you know, after all this. He came on it because I never, I never dealt with him direct. I dealt with the old man, right? So he's but Nassim Hamid. He, I walked away from him. That's what happened. It wasn't over money. And if you, there's an interview that he did on Sky TV saying, his words, not mine. I should never have left him. Listen, my experiences of you. I mean, I genuinely like
1: you, and I I take you at face value. But I'm also. Uh, you know, I'm having a conversation with you and these are things that go around the industry and I'm always interested to see the reaction because it gets said about you and people don't have the balls to say it. So I'll say it to you and you've given your reaction said to it. it you just got my I, I got my answer. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, you've worked with some of the best fighters around. As I said at the top of the conversation from Prince Nazim to Joe Karzaghi to Nigel Benn, Steve Collins. Um, Ricky, you just mentioned Amir Khan. And, and now you've got the bloody biggest pest of the lot, Tyson Fury, and we'll talk about him in a minute. But who was your favourite to
0: work with? I like work. Well, first of all, they were the best, they weren't the best fighters when I signed them, except for Steve, Tony, uh, Steve Connors. None of them, none of them were the best fighters that's been matched, that'll be brought along. And right. I did that. I'm a better judge than all of them, right? in my opinion. I think I'm a better judge. I've got more. If I, my age, I'm doing it now. If I don't know now, I'm never going to know. And I'm a better judge than them. And I've found, and I've made, Some of the best matches where our guys have been massive underdogs. Joe Kowalski when he fought Jeff Lacey. Jeff Lacey, yeah. um, Went to Naz when he went out to fight against um, Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly, smoked Um, his boots. Yeah, you know, (laughs) I mean, just, uh, I took Danny Williams out to fight against Mike Tyson? Tyson and I told right. him. You asked. I said to him at the time, "You will beat me. You you're going to have to stand." What was an left absolute at Mike Tyson war. at that time? Sorry. What was left at Mike Tyson at that time? Doesn't matter. For two no, rounds. No, no, it's a money fight. Now let me just tell say. This where Go you're on wrong in. again. And I said to him. Go on. Uh, no, I tell you why you're wrong because you didn't let me finish. I said to him, for two rounds, you're going to get vintage Mike Tyson, which he did. He's going to throw everything at you, and then he'll blow out. But you've got to withstand that. Right. And that's what he did. Anyway, you didn't ask the question. Who was your favourite to work, for, work with? I, I really didn't... Right, I'm going to tell you how, exactly how it is. I, I really did enjoy working with nest until the end when his brother got, brothers got involved, especially one of his brothers who's a complete idiot and knew nothing about the game. <laughs> and that was it. I didn't enjoy that, the family involved. I used to like working with Ricky, who for his very first fight when he made his debut for me, sold three tickets and worked very hard to bring himself through. The old man was a pain, a regal pain in the backside. Um <laughs> Joe uh, Frank. Sorry, sit on the fence. Joe Calzaghe was was really, a, his dad was a character, but Joe's big problem was he pulled out fifty percent of his fights, so it was hard work. Right, he pulled out. He pulled out of the twice out of the Jeff Lacy fight. I talked him into fighting because Carl Froch has got the up with you about not making that fight with Joe Kalzaki. No, he's, no he's like, Joe. Let me tell you, Carl Frock. Frock. He certainly was wearing a frock when I met him. Well, he told me to call you a rude names, but I'm not going yeah, to get well, involved can, in that Well, I, I can give you a name back. We <laughs> met in the Polo Bar at the Westbury West Hotel. Hotel. Right, yes. Westbury Hotel. Sat there, he brought down his financial advisor, and I said to him, "Right, i want to make the fight for Kawasaki." And all he kept saying to me, "But he can't make the weight. He's going to go." I said, he, "He'll make the weight." Then. And he did not want to know. And we didn't meet once. We met twice. So he's an out-and-out out fanny magic merchant. And I'll tell you something else <laughs> about him, which is a load of bullshit. That Are big, we setting scores here, Warren? No, yeah, because I want to settle the score. That fight he had with, the second fight he had with, with, George, with Groves, George Groves. With George Groves. I, Groves yeah. I thought the first fight, I thought he was going to stop George anyway. To yeah, be I think that's but right. But they got yeah. a rematch out of it. They didn't want that rematch. The only reason that rematch happened was because of George I, Groves. I agree. So yeah. he didn't want it. And if it weren't for George Gross, he wouldn't have sold it. Oh, late. I don't know if Kyle, I don't know if didn't want he it. He did not
1: want it. No, I don't it. know I about that. I am telling
0: you, he didn't want it. Maybe Eddie and didn't George want it. And George well, I'll get fighters saying, I want that fight, and and I'll, and we'll see where we go with it. But he did not want it. But 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 let me just say, he didn't want to fight Joe Kalzaki. He did not want to fight him. And I'll tell you. Well, he'll dispute that. He can dispute it until the cows come. It's a shame Dean's not alive. But he, what did he come to meet me for then? I don't know. Maybe you thought you was going to make the fight for him. I did try to make a fight for him. I wanted to make that fight. He didn't want to fight Joe. Mm. Is he going to move up to light heavyweight? When's he moving up to light heavyweight? I said, what are you worried about that for? Fight him now. He's not like him. And that is the truth of it. And he can sit and tell you what. And I've got to tell you, he's one fighter who doesn't like any fighters. He always (laughs) does. his slag. everyone. He was so jealous of Amir Khan. He fought in Nottingham. I remember this. It's one reason he gets he don't like me. I know that. He we fought in Nottingham. So I said, so I said to him, look, and, and and they I don't know what gate they did there. Like three, four thousand people in this arena. So we said, well, let's take. I want to take uh, Amir up there. We took him up there. And sold the whole place out, and he had a six-round fight, okay Look how happy you are with that. i just find it, uh, it, it, it. It was fun. Okay,
1: well, on that line then, have you ever managed to persuade a fighter to take a fight that a category he didn't want? I think I did
0: that with Joe Kalzaki. Against who? Against Jeff Lacy, Right. Because his father rang me, and he said to me, and this is after he'd we'd postponed a fight a couple of times, and he was going to get stripped. He said to me, Frank, he's injured. He's, uh, Joe's injured. It's a Saturday. I always remember it about a week before the fight. I went, what's the matter? He said, he's hurt his hand. And I went, oh, bloody hell. I said, well, look, he's hurt his hand. He's hurt his hand. I said, but they'll strip him and nothing. He can't fight. back." And his dad said to me, Frank, there's nothing wrong with his hand. He said, I don't know what it is. He said, speak to him. So I rang him. And he was right. I went, it, you know, I, I, I like Joe, by the way. Don't get me wrong, but he was a right whinge bag. You know, he could be a right whinger. And so I, I said, Joe, oh hello well, you know he's all like that and I, I thought I said what's the matter lining yourself up so he said, I said what's the matter with your hand so he said to me oh um, well, I don't you know I'm not uh, it's like this and that so I said to him well, you, don't, you only need one hand and I would net. you asked any fighters I always say you're not fit don't fight yeah. you can always be so I said we well, only need one hand he went. What I said. You beat him with a jab. I said you would take him apart. And I brought him over twice. He put, put twice on my cards, Lacy. And, and at that time, he was a world champion. Yeah, I remember. And they thought, yeah. and Showtime, he was their sort of middleweight, super middleweight, going to be their Mike Tyson, tremendous puncher. And he was a and he was a massive favorite. I'm, not, I'm talking about a massive favorite for this fight. So I said, you only need one hand. He went. What I said. All you need to do, go, go, go out and buy sort of trombone. And just practice without. I said, "You will take his head off. He won't get near you. He can only, he'll only catch you. A, he can't out jab you. You're too fast for him." And as we're talking, as I'm talking to him, I can feel him lifting on the phone. He's like, he's "Oh, gone. you're well motivated, yeah." You. So I said to him, "Come." No, I don't know about that. So I said, "Don't tell my wife that." So he said So he said, um, "Eventually, I've got him there." So now let's. I want to fight him right now. Where? Is he? So anyway, I put the phone down. His old man rang me back. He rang me back and he said to me, um, I don't know what you said to him. He said, but he's, he said, an animal. said no yeah. problem. I said, you sure his hand's okay? Definitely. Anyway, so the week of the fight, I mean, all I'll do is keep on at him. On the night, on, on, the, on the fight, the fight, he destroyed him. When I say destroyed him, absolutely destroyed him. Yeah, went to the fight. His, he wrecked his career. Yeah, I went to the fight. Yeah. He was never the same guy. And, I, and they should have stopped it. Should, if that had been my fight, I would have pulled him out. And after the fight, we're at we're there, and, I, and I, he takes his, took his gloves on, and he's obviously south. And I said, I got his hand, and I squeezed it. I said, "Well done, never flinched." Right. Squeez- he never got the credit, though, Kazaky, that he should have got. Kazaki was a if if he is that your fault?
1: No, it's not my fault. He keeps pulling You're out a of promoter, fights. Promoter, forty nine and zero.
0: People don't talk about Joe Kazaky in the breath that they well, should because, do, should they? Well, I'll give you another example then Why? It may be I got him a job. On kids, you know, I remember stuff they the like the, I don't know, what is the, the swap shop, whatever that was right. back in those days. And this is a kid's show. You know, it's a new audience for us. He, they're gonna do a big thing about boxing. Now, he's the star of the show. Star of the show. Saturday morning. Right? You've got me at the studio, he lives in Wales, whatever. I get a call about eight o'clock Saturday morning. Like the wind John Hello, Frank. <laughs> like there's a little wind. So I said, What's the matter? He said, I'm not feeling good. So what do you mean you're not feeling good? I said, Where are you? He said, I'm home. So what are you ringing me at? at, You're supposed to have been in London to be at the studio and it's eight o'clock and you're in Newport in Wales. What's going on? Oh, and I thought, oh, so what am I going to say to these people? Rang them up and they were quite rightly pissed. Too late to even find anybody to try and and wreck their show. Another time was, Joe, I've got a a bit of advertising for you. I said, it's not a lot of money. It's Marks and Spencer's. They want you to wear, do their underwear, like the pants and all that. So he said, Oh, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing that. I said, why are you not doing it? Well, oh, I'm not walking around me underwear. I said, You're fighting a ring with a pair of shorts on. What's the bloody difference? <laughs> so he said, I'm not doing that. Anyway, so cut a long story short, weren't a lot of money, it was 10 grand, but we weren't bad money back But more importantly for him, it was going up in every billboard, mm. every Marks and Spencer store, in when they had stores in Europe and all over the place. You remember when I was mm. before they pulled yeah. So he was going kind of, he was the poster boy. He didn't do it and they did it and, uh, and, and then from there um, what's his name was at Arsenal Freddie Lindbergh yeah. he wound up getting a, getting a short he would have got that mm. and so what am I supposed I stopped doing anything like that because it, all he was doing was creating promises not reliable and not reliable yeah and, but a great fighter
1: mm. and that was you. my point not so much the endorsements but the fact that he he kind of he travels in a way that I think someone with that record in terms of people's mindsets um, he doesn't get the recognition. No, you possibly right. he should have gotten Well, I could that might also be because he
0: doesn't sell himself the way he, he should. He doesn't sell himself. Yeah. He can't be bothered. Yeah. Everything was a bit of a chore. Listen, one, uh, one thing what the one thing about him as a fighter, he was a lion. Yeah. Once he was in that ring, yeah. that was it. I mean in he had discussion. some great fights. The the he American. showed some yeah. unbelievable yeah. you know, going to uh, and you're saying what promote him. I've made Showtime take him. All our fights here, all of these fights were shown back in America. I just out of them then. Sorry? How'd you end up and caught with him? the very last fight. All right. We had we had a the contract was over, and I just said we went met in the lawyers, and I had one fight left for him, and I said to him, and he wanted to the, uh, he wanted to go to the states to fight um, Jones Roy Jones, mm-hmm. and cut a long story short, I said to him I wanted him to fight. Pavlik, remember Pavlik, who mm. was undefeated and Pavlik was made for him. It'd have been another Jeff Lacey fight, but he wouldn't have it. And he went to the gun, to do this fight. And I said to him, Roy Jones, make it your last fight. And you do that back in Wales. I said everybody a out. you beat Roy Jones all day long. And you do- anyway. We had this meeting and we shook hands, like I said, and that was, the, that was the court case, was whether there was a handshake or not. And as you know, a handshake's not worth the paper it's no, written on. absolutely not. And that So was, he we, took you to court on the back of the fact
1: that you had a an handshake? And,
0: and, and, I, and what we did- Did you have a handshake? Yeah. On my children's life, lives, my grandchildren's lives, I shook his hand. I shook his hand and he's a liar to this day. If he wants to take me to court, I'm telling you now- I'll meet him there. I did that, and he knows it. I don't care what he says. I shook hands with him. And unfortunately, the judge said, he, he, not he even choose, chose to believe Joe, he chose to believe a solicitor who didn't see it happen. He said, i never see that happen. So he chose to believe him. And that was the end of that. That was the case. Joe Kowalski, a couple of years later, comes to my office, bringing up two fighters with me, one being Joe Cordina, mm-hmm. and asked me to sign them and work with him. I'm the guy that legged him over. I got texts from his father saying, Frank, I'm sorry what happened. I said, and I, and I phoned him. I said, let me just tell you something. Said, it's my son. I said, let me tell you something, Enzo. If my son, I, I'd do anything for my kids, but I'd tell him what the difference is between right and wrong. And you know that we shook hands. So the bottom line is, despite the... Um the, the
1: line of questioning, the the it's a complete and utter unfairness. This anyone suggesting that you
0: don't operate in a way that's fair and equitable. Eighty percent of this crap is over about three fighters who went to Hearn, mm-hmm. and I had a contract and I sued them. And the one that went first was Bellew. We had one fight left with Belend, one fight left with him, and then what happened was, what happened was it was for, it was a fight for the British title, and I would have won that case. And cut long story short, my son. Jules said, "Why are we doing this? What do we want to be bothered with it?" So we we were we were due to going, and and I pulled it, and we went before the board of control still, and asked him who he, who got paid money from that case at the boxing board of control. No, I put these questions to you, and we we'll move on from it because we don't need to dwell
1: on it any more than we want that because it's really easy for people to say things about people. When, when if I say it to you, you're going to answer the question. Do right? you know how many fighters are promoted? Hundreds, Frank.
0: How many? I don't know, hundreds. Many, thousands. many, many, many hundreds. All right. So how many people you know you've fallen out with in your life? I don't out fall Of out. all the people you know. I don't fall out of anyone. Well, of course not. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> who's the most I and mean, we know we know who's the most no, whinging fighter? No, I don't mean a win. He's just it, listen, you I've whinger. More, i listen, a have he's more he won all the, it, with me, he had a great career. I got a letter off of Vic Wakeling from Sky saying they didn't want to deal with him. I got a letter from uh, what was his name? The guy who was at ITV saying he didn't want to work with him. I made him take his fights as part of a package. I knew he was a good fighter. Mm. I knew he could do this, and he did do it. Yeah, he did. He wouldn't travel. He wouldn't go to the states. It's well documented. He wouldn't get on a plane. Showtime saying to me, "We need him over here," and he wouldn't get on it. A- he would not go there. I had to things we had to do to get him to go there. He wouldn't travel. Who's the nicest person that you got to deal with in boxing? What uh, boxer? Oh, of I've got lots of friends from boxing, you know. Lots, lots of nice fighters. I do. I mean, Naz is is a friend, um, very good. You know, I speak speak to him a lot. I mean, he, as I say, he, he's asked me to look after his boys. Um, I like him. I love Tyson. Brendan was a big, big friend. Brendan Engle. Big, big friend of mine. We used to speak most days. Uh, what about the um, any good friends in amongst the other promoters? Yeah, Ben, be I'll get on the right with uh, Bob Aram. I've known yep. Bob since I've done my first show with Bob in 1985. King, I worked with. We were partners for about four years. Mm. For about four years. Because um, it
1: does seem to be a lot of rancor between you guys. I mean, you've got lots to say about Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn's got lots to say about you.
0: And I've Ben Shalom's new I, kid I, on the block. I've never met him. I've, I've only met Ben Shalom twice, um, very briefly. Um, Eddie Hearn. But you're always digging at one another. Oh, I'm, I, all I do is respond to it. I don't. you, you going and look at any I, Mine's all response. Yeah, mm, yeah, a, absolutely all response. But they make up. They make up their history, don't they? All this like they're all just tough guys. seems to be guys. a lot Of course I, I come it from. I come from a tough background. Yeah, and I don't want to be in a tough background. Yeah, you not know, my kids being, my kids are all gone being well educated, all gone the unit. That's what yeah. I want, you know, you move on. They talk like they they're gangsters. I mean, you know, you know Barry home is an accountant. Mm. But you talk to him, you think he was one of the mafi. I mean, I, you know, all the fights he's had, Ness. I mean, he couldn't well, he just couldn't go two rounds in a revolving door, could he? I mean, he, you know, and you talk to these talk to this nonsense. They talk such garbage sometimes and make up make up stories about themselves about these I mean, was it his story buried? I wanted to see if he was a tough guy, so I put him in the ring, and I threw him my best right hand. Who would do that to your son? With, with his son, yeah, Eddie. Yeah. And you know, it's a story.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now, because I, you know, that I've had a few run-ins with yeah. with Eddie Hearn, and I'm always conscious of every time because you and I get on quite well, and every time I talk to you, I have a different conversation with you than I have with Eddie because I can't, I can't stand bullshit. I can't stand Nor people. Me. I can't stand people that's like nailing a jelly to the wall. And you have a conversation with somebody, and you know that they're not saying something that's true, and you're trying to make them accountable for it, and what they do is they redirect. And that's why I focused on some of the things that you say, because people will always say to me every time I have a conversation with you, are you like Frank? So you let him get off easy. Are you like Frank? Because uh, you know, you well, give yeah, it's him a, a pass. Bloody argument, sure. oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Talking about the personalities of promoters, has it got have you guys got to be bigger and bolder? Than the people that you represent? I'm just myself. But no, but is it a stock no. in trade? I mean, Don no. King was always running around going, well, God King bless America. Is a, no, it's the thing.
0: thing. It, right. Don King is a promoter of Don King. Very astute guy in his, uh, 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 at the top, street guy, very street guy. Didn't get into boxing until he was in his 40s when he came out of prison, but a street guy, very, you know, very fearless in business from a business point of view. He got to come out of prison and changed his life. Now, some of the street he couldn't get out of him. Some, maybe, in some of his behaviour. Bob Arum, you could say, it was a backward step for him getting into boxing. Harvard lawyer, mm. worked for the Kennedy administration, and then become a boxing promoter by accident. So but it's a tough business, isn't it? It's is a tough business. But you've got, you got, you you know, got your boys going into it as well. I, mean, a I didn't of- want him in it. What I didn't realise, because boxing's is quite, a, you know, it's a time-consuming business. You're doing your work in the office. You've got a lot of travelling, but your shows are invariably on a Saturday night, and if they're not in local to where you live, London or wherever you're travelling, you're travelling. So in a hotel, so you get home, and and what I didn't realise, my kids were watching all this. My boys mm. were just absolutely entranced, entranced and, and it, seduced yeah. by it all, and I didn't realise how much they all. As I said, they all had a good in- education. They all went to university, done well, got their their degrees and so forth. France is now has probably got the best stable of fighters. Best, he manages a lot of fighters, and they're very. He's got a very, very good stable of fighters, very good stable of fighters. When you look, I mean, I I, this, I,
1: I think George is a smartest paint. and I think that uh, there's a lot of things that you guys do well. I think there's a lot of things that the other guys do do well as well. Um, and I wanted to ask you, I mean, despite the observation I've just made about the rancor between you and the other promoters, do you admire, in any way, what what these guys are doing? You've got Eddie Hearn. That is, you know, a self promotionalist, but he's got traction and he's got energy and currency and he's making big fights. Yeah. You've got Ben Shalom, who's young and yep. brave and going to learn a lot. And I know you probably think he's got a lot to learn in the same way that you probably had a lot to learn Correct. when you were younger. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. And you've got, Cully and his mob who were over with Wassermans who were one of the biggest agencies in the world yep. when you look at these guys is, is there things about them that you admire and things about
0: them that you respect or is it well, just they're... all all conflict? Barry Hearn he got into boxing him and I were partners for a very brief time in a snooker business Yeah. Um, which I walked away with IMG him IMG our company and him and we, IMG and myself walked away from it and obviously uh, his, his boy like my boy Boys are quite pri- quite privileged in there. They didn't have to go like the tough background that certainly that I came from, and they've done well for themselves. You know, like and certainly as you say, Eddie Hearn's done extremely well for himself. You can be also be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, you sign up. AJ was in the Olympics. It was. A, I mean, we were very close to doing that. We'd been, he'd been coming to my show for a few, quite a few years, and the fact we left Sky, we left Sky and went off and started doing our own thing his he, agent at the time, I don't know, it's, Well, between, they, they decided they would go with Sky, which obviously then became um, Eddie, Eddie Heron And he, and you know, he, he did extremely well with him. And what we've done, we've done it the hard way. We've done it, absolutely done it hard way. Mm. Bringing fighters through, bringing fighters through and fighters sometimes that were unfashionable fighters, you know, Kalsaki, uh Nas, Ricky Hatton, many others, none of them went to the Olympics. Mm. None of them went to the Olympics. Win any medals or anything? Different, different way of doing it. it? I mean, yours was yours was as yeah. as is knowledge. Yeah, is the knowledge of the of bringing the guys through correctly, making the right matches at the right time, and we've done that. Well, I've done it constantly for the last forty odd years. I want to move you on to a subject that 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 I know
1: is relevant and specific to the circumstances that we find ourselves in with boxing, which is Saudi. And it isn't just boxing. It's obviously sport. Sport, full stop. And I have my view on whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I think every country should be able to evolve, but it shouldn't balls up everything else for everyone else by the very nature of the fact that it's got more money than it knows what to do with, and it wants to create a position in sport for whatever reason it wants to do it. It's. Uh, I, mean, I know you, it, it, if you're doing business with Saudi, you're probably not going to want to answer this I'm question not too the, readily. It's not a question right.
0: about doing business with It's, doing, I, it's doing, not a good thing, though, is it? I don't agree. I, I mean... We're doing. We are doing business with,
1: but they're polluting the landscape because and, and when you, they don't when they don't choose to do something. Well, you it you know people
0: them. want it. You, you want it, but you're, you're saying Saudi Arabia. There's all this criticism about them, so they're coming into the 21st century, and yeah. they're they're out there. They're trying to say, right, well, this is our country. What we got, we've got. I've got no problem with that. We can do. I've right. got no problem with that. Okay, is it any different than when Abramovich came here? No, it's just when, as bad. Or the same thing up in Man City, no. where it changed the whole You're landscape. You're missing the of point. Fo- You're missing the point. That that changed the landscape of football,
1: but it football got played, right? And what we're saying now is is that the fighters have got this. Their eyes over here, which is that Saudi money comes to town. And Saudi money pays more because it pays ridiculous money. It pays facility fees that you can't get anywhere else in the world. That's why these fights are going to happen in Saudi. And if Saudi decides oh no, I don't fancy this or we'll piss ball around for a year or we won't make offers or we'll get everybody at it. We'll get you involved in a conversation about moving the Chisora fight and maybe having the Usyk fight in Saudi and the contract doesn't come through and everyone gets their knickers in a twist. And then we get the situation happening in December where they they talk about making a fight and everybody gets involved and Skills Challenge become involved and Usyk signs with Skills Challenge and everybody thinks it's going to be a fight and then for some reason it doesn't happen and then another three months goes past and all of a sudden that's a year. So that, to my mind makes it not a good thing.
0: it don't make it a good well, thing Frank. I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying and the fact that the fights what were supposed to be happening didn't happen you can't you know it isn't a good thing that they didn't happen but that's not but and it's and the expectation level and what pers- fighters Percy's fighters get paid I'll get that and understand it but one of the guys that you, I mean you you know you have criticism with Tyson. He's the only one out of all of them who said, you know what, I'll do these fights in the UK. Whatever they generate, they generate. It's the opposition that wouldn't do the fights. And that's a fact. They wouldn't do it. We made offers. No one's made one offer. There's not one offer to Tyson Fury. This year, not one single offer. Nothing. Yeah, so, but he's the, uh, he's the heavyweight champion in the world. He's well, going to be
1: making the offers, isn't he? Who's sorry? going to be making offers to him? He's the champ. You'll be controlling well, you're that asked, flow. Well, he's you? not
0: He's not saying. Let's wait for Saudi. He's saying, "I want to fight. Go make me of it." goes on thing. I'll give you your 60-40. He says to the other fella, "I'll give you, mm. I'll give you uh, seventy You mean you're talking about Joshua, though, aren't you?
1: And I'm talking about Usyk, and you can have 70-30. But going back to the Saudi thing, and because for me, I don't have any issues. I do have issues with the some some of the. Um, the challenges in those countries, but I'm also of the mindset that each country evolves at its own pace. And we in the West don't have the right to sit here telling people how this society should evolve. If people want to do that, Amnesty International can do that and they can leverage whatever they want, and I get all that. But where where I worry for, for the sport is that if the Saudis don't want to play, they've created a situation now where they've raised the bar on the finances and every other fight from now on in, is poorly paid by comparison. You're saying, well, that's great, but that's other fighters. But in what my boy does, Tyson Fury, he'll fight wherever there's an opportunity to fight for decent money, irrespective of the fact that he hasn't fought for the best part of a year.
0: Well, he's not been out to fight because we've not had an opponent to fight. Yeah, I know, Frank. But Because look, you can't have both. You're saying he he said to both of those guys, Wembley, we booked the we 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 penciled it, had the first hold on the dates at Wembley, not once, three times. We booked West Ham to do the fight. Asked them. But the reality is now, is through his excellency and through Dr. Rakow, we've made a fight, because they're all saying they can't do a fight this year. We're doing a show with them in Saudi on the twenty-eighth now i know you don't like the, the the fight but we're doing the show on that date in saudi so there is a date to be done and we've done it and so it's opened a, yet another avenue out open for fighters to you know make tyson comes through make, i don't think usyk will come through but if he does by by some miracle then he can <laughs> fight then he can then he can fight tyson what? on 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 the show that we put together over there given that we're now talking specifically about the heavyweight
1: division and moved on from the fact that Saudi, I, I maintain the view that I think Saudi creates as many problems as it
0: provides solutions to. But it, 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 it will, let me tell you something. It will level out. It will level out. It's All like everything happens. It level, you know, it's one of the problems we had with fighters, before pay-per-view. You've got a Pfizer. It's going to have to go to Vegas. You know why Why is it on in Vegas? Because they, they get they get a, yeah. a site fee from a casino before you start. Mm. So we were up against that pay-per-view level. When I, I launched a pay-per-view with, with uh, Fury, sorry, Fury, with uh, Tyson, Mike Tyson, and Frank Bruno, we'd done the first show on Sky, that was a game changer because then we could start doing, and we started doing lots of shows over here with, was Showtime? I had a contract with Showtime. We launched, quite, we, we launched a lot of fighters' careers on there. Nas fought regularly before we took them out there. And this will, this is, a, this is a, sim, a, a slightly similar situation. But where we are now, we're we do, we're doing an event out there. We're opening up the Riyadh Festival, Riyadh Festival, which is huge. I mean, all the stuff they got in it, it comes to multi-multi million pounds. All the different events, entertainment, and so forth. Talking
1: about and game changers. You can't possibly be telling me that Tyson Fury fighting Francis Ngannou is a game changer. You yep. referred to game changers the other day.
0: This can't be what oh, you want. i just explain to. why it's a game changer. We just we just now work, we, we now are promoting in Saudi Arabia. How is it not a game changer? We're not reliant on anybody else. We actually are having events on, we're putting the events on. We're not sitting around waiting, for, oh, let's wait now. And, and let everybody be held up to next year. We're putting an event on. The reality is we're doing a show in October right. in Saudi. So your game changer. The change- biggest show, but- and it's a game-changer as far as they come. And as regarding what you're saying about is it a game-changer, yesterday on Twitter, yeah, oh, oh, well, come on, you're on. Gonna,
1: are you going to use social
0: media as a blueprint for making it? You're a- using it. No, you I'm not. You say to me, have you seen what they're saying on social media about this fight? Can't have it both ways. No, I haven't said that. Be be said, I, what you wish I for. No, no, no. "Be careful what you wish
1: for." I don't know. Be careful what you wish for. I've not. I don't give monkeys what they say on social media about this fight. I think it's a dog with fleas. Okay. I don't think the WBC champion of the world should be in a position where the WBC give all this old fanny about he's a special kind of champion. Shall we give him it's special nothing d- to do with him? Yes, they did. They said that. Marisha, well, then why isn't he being made to have a Sorry. Why hasn't there been a mandatory line because up Because the two
0: guys who were ordered to fight for the mandatory not fault. because well, they moved, waiting, up, moved no, them out of the another mandatory because, then. because they're waiting to see what happened in December in Saudi. Deontay Wilder weren't fighting until then. But it's, That's why. But it's poor. Now they It is poor, it It's poor, though, it's not isn't my it? my fault, is it? I mean,
1: we're, we're, we're looking at the fights that are being made up there. We listen to Tyson. And I know that you and I discussed Tyson on a number of occasions, and you know that I come from a position of admiration for Tyson Fury. I don't agree with a lot of things that come out of his mouth, but I do, I, I do regularly campaign for the fact that generationally, I think he has the, he's the best fighter around. But go, going back to the point around this fight with Francis Ngannou, what, what I want you guys to do, is I want you to be honest. Right, let right, me because, be honest. Because that- the, a lot of you are not honest, right? You call, you say one thing is this and it's not. This is not about Tyson Fury, the WBC heavyweight champion of the world. This is one thing and one thing only.
0: This is a money fight. This is the biggest event I've ever been involved with. That's how big it's going to be. Right. It's huge. And it'll make a lot of money. Yeah. It's, it's just, just a money goal. fight, though, isn't it? Okay, let- There's no credibility in it. It's just a money fight. Well, let me finish. It's going to have a lot of eyeballs on it. And you've got the best, the lineal champion, and you've got the the number one heavyweight in UFC. Yeah. Right? The guy in UFC decides he wants to fight. So, fine, I haven't got a problem with that for the fights made. Sam Jones, who looked after, at the time, Joe Joyce, made a statement yesterday saying that Joe Joyce actually sparred with him and he had eight rounds real tough, tough sparring with him. Now, I don't know where he – I know – I've watched – I'm not I'm not a UFC fan. I don't watch it. But I've watched it over the last couple of weeks. And this fellow does. With. And this fella Wax. Yeah, I'm so sure So what's he going to do? He's going to come in the ring. I think he's going to get his ears boxed off well, by if, Tyson Fury. If, 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 right. if he does, he does. That's his choice. He's getting paid a heck of a load of money. But let me tell you something. It's a massive, massive, massive event. The biggest event out there. Yeah. It'll break box office records.
1: Fantastic, but it's just a money fight. It's just a money situation because you've got it's Khabib. called professional. Well, you've boxing. got you've got <coughs> it's called it's professional. If you get a mixed boxing. martial artist, right? Even Khabib is coming out and saying there is no chance that this MMA fighter does anything uh, uh, that, that, that that to Tyson Fury in this fight. In the same way, if you put Tyson Fury into the octagon with him, Tyson Fury would lose in that discipline. So I don't mind, but all I all I want to have is And acceptance from you because because there's this constant debate. My my motivations are I love boxing. I love the sport of boxing. I love the integrity of it or my perceived version of integrity of it. Given the fact that I've come from football, I think there's very little integrity. So when I see this kind of what I think is bullshit, I don't mind – but I want you to call it for what it is. Well, me, it's just yes, money. I'll, I'll it's got answer. nothing else to it attached to it. There's nothing about anything else other than – because you don't like the YouTube world. You don't like all that stuff. You think well, Jake Paul's in the world are a bunch of nitwits.
0: I right? don't think Jake – I think Jake Paul's a genius. You think he's a marketing
1: genius, but in yeah. the great terms of being compared as a boxer. But I've told
0: you – but you, but you, we talked about that on many times on your show, and I said that the, him and Tommy Fury are novices, which they were. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I, I'm not changing what I said there, but they made a truckload of money, and good luck to them. God bless them. Uh, uh, regarding this event it is massive you've got the two let, let me I'm going to let you go go on it's a massive massive event it's a, it, it's as I say eyeball degree do I think Tyson away? of course I do I, but then I think Tyson beats everybody
1: but this is my disappointment with it all because I just don't think it's becoming I mean are you, you watch gonna, it no I won't actually I won't no I won't mate if I was going to watch it I'd say okay. I was going to watch it and what I want to see, and what I would love to see, and I, and I, like you, have been around a lot of significant people in our lives, people of, of caliber and people of influence. And when I met Tyson Fury a while ago, I thought this is a, this is a superstar. He is. He came in a dressing room, and this is a superstar. And everything about him, um, from the manner he was on message to the manner in which he spoke, I said, "Now that's charisma." Yeah, that's a superstar. Was he lost it? This time last year, he beats a little bit earlier. He beats Dillian White in a four-round outclass, wiped the floor with yeah, him. Right? Yeah, yeah. Then he goes on telling people he's not going to fight again. Then he goes on television and tells Piers Morgan he's never going to fight again and bets him a million quid that he don't, doesn't pay up on. Right? Then he tells everybody he's going to fight ten fights this year or in the next two years. He's going to give everybody a fight. And now we've got the WBC heavyweight champion in the
0: world in with Thunder Lips. Well, he did. He did retire. And he had enough of for it for five minutes. No one knew he was well, coming back in his great. own death. I, knew back. I said. I said once he gets gets fed up, with it, he'll come back. But that's it. that's how his mind was. That's it. But regarding what you're saying about charisma, why do you think he's getting paid the money he's getting paid for? Because he's got charisma. It's massive. He's he, this is Tyson Fury broke all box office records in Vegas for heavyweight title fight against Wilder. Broke box office records.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Perspid against uh, White broke. The record for a purse bid, ever? You did? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. No, he did because he was his fight. I paid for it, but it was his fight. The Wembley broke records for any events to ever take place at Wembley. Any event on a one-day event broke all records. Netflix has got a series coming out, reality series next week. Oh, oh, sorry, God. next month. That's charisma. All those all right. things are charisma. Book three books he's had out all went to number one, all of them, that's charisma. Not only has he got charisma, he can fight. Oh, I know he can
1: fight. And that's why I'm disappointed that we're not seeing, you're saying, well, it's because we, we're offering these fighters and Ruiz wouldn't come over or couldn't come over and he wanted to well, get paid. He wanted paid. 20 million. He wanted 20 million and that's unrealistic for it to be achieved and so on and so forth. But do you worry? Because I've gone from being an absolute dyed-in-the-wool probably slightly biased Tyson Fury fan to go and you're getting on my nerves a bit now because, because well it is in part because I think he's difficult to deal with I think it makes your life difficult for him to deal uh, with uh, because it, I think it, he's got life, over, it, over 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 I listen, I listen to Carl Froch your mate saying when I fight Kessler I in order to make this fight happen I'll do 50-50 because it makes the fight happen i got respect for the other guy yet well, Kesler come over and had a great fight with, with Joe Kowalski, and I understand that, but it made the fight happen. Yet we get into situation constantly and 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 persistently where Tyson is always on the other side of the argument. Where and you're going to say a commercial man, what well, that's the value in the conversation? But there's no fight at the end of it. It Don't matter if Tyson's got eighty percent of bugger all, he's got bugger all out of a fight. Correct. Right. So he's now going to fight an, an MMA guy to get paid. Rather than have made
0: fights no, against no, Usyk on a 50 no, 50 basis got, and everyone gets paid. Sorry, just stop. How can you make a fight with a guy who won't fight you? We made him offers. He's never made us an offer. So how can you make the yeah, fight? Yeah, but you did piss ball around on that as well. You did have to piss ball, you ball you around. Put, you said, did put rematch l- clauses in there something. and
1: then took rematch clauses out and then you put them on, then you took them off and then you didn't want them and then he didn't want them and it got yourself into a bunfire. No, an no, argument.
0: no, no. What, what, what? That don't become an issue. There's no big rows about it. That's like, what, do you want to do it? It's in there. The and I said the Tyson, and he does. Kill it then. We don't do it. And that was the end of it. And you heard Tyson going there, sick of waiting for it. He's one of those guys. He'll say what something. He'll wake up that morning and say, i have had enough of this. I want to Yeah, fight. no, I get that. And so, and so you can't. He's not ducking him. It's re, it's the most no, ridiculous I don't, I, statement.
1: I, I I maintain the view in a, in the face of a of a background noise that he is that I don't think he is. I don't think he's the easiest to deal with. But I guess that's a comes with But they don't deal with him.
0: I I do them. they with deal him. with us. Yeah, I understand. And that's that. that and, and Krasak himself, it's not hard dealing with with Frank and George. It's not hard. These are his words, not mine. You're gonna check them out. You know, I like them. It's not good, it's not hard dealing with them. What is what was what the problem was, as we've discussed in great length, is what was going on and the expectation level of a big show in Saudi in December, which I never thought was gonna happen. And, you know, not unfortunately, I was proved right. Tyson, I just want Tyson to move on from
1: silly social media outbursts, silly observations all the time that go from one extreme to the other. If we've got to have, and I want you to, and I, and I want you to say it, this this fight that he's having in Saudi is purely and simply just a money deal. That's it. There's nothing else behind it. He's just getting paid. That's a, it.
0: It's a huge part of the, what it's about. It's the only part, money? Frank. No, it's not the it's only. Come on, it's the only part. No, it's not. We are working in a new market in Saudi that's being delivered. It's huge. Right, they deliberate. How can you t- just disregard that? I'm not we're disregarding. Working, we're it. working with 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 people who have stepped up to the plate and said, "This is what we'll do to make it work to start with." And that's what right, we've so done. So this is the that's gateway huge.
1: then. So fantastic. This is the gateway then that opens the door to proper fights. Then is it? Oh, I hope so. We all get let Tyson Fury get paid a big bag of money, knowing what it is, which is a money fight. But it's a gateway, and we've got relationships now where the proper fights that everybody wants to see. Tyson Fury being are more likely to happen as
0: a result of these sort of things happening. First off, if Tyson comes through, which, which he will. will, and if Usyk comes through, which I don't think he will, then there's a great opportunity to make that fight.
1: Then your man's in a great vein of form; he's been unbeaten. And I'm the last person to defend Anthony Joshua. I get vilified by his camp for constantly calling him a flat track bully, but I can understand his strategy. I can understand the fact that he's gotten he's gone in the gates Usyk, where your man hasn't done that yet. But in recent times, your guy's in such a vein of form. If I'm Joshua and I've had the, the challenges that I've had, and all of a sudden the, sh- the gloss has come off me a little bit, and the people are starting to point their finger at me, and all the high tides, all the high tide that I've created economically in the division is now co- having a backlash on me, I'm not going to fight Tyson Fury until I'm good and ready. I'm going to be the best version of myself. That would mean I go in with a new trainer I, yeah, and, and do a job on Jermaine Franklin, which he didn't do, which tells me that he's not going to do much of a job when he gets against Tyson Fury if he ever does. But I would be taking another fight in the middle of it before I got anywhere near one of the big guys, whether it be the guy that your guy dealt with on three occasions, John T. Wilder, or whether it be Tyson himself. And if you were his promoter, you'd be saying the same thing. No, I
0: wouldn't. No, I would not. I'd make him fight him. Because I've got to tell you, something, he's liable to get beaten by anybody. I know you think that. I'm, I'm right. Yeah. He, he's liable to get beaten by anybody. When he hits him on that chin. He's going to go. He, does, he as he's throwing a shot now. You watch him as he's throwing a punch. He's as he's, he's a big puncher. As he throws it, he's he wants to get out of range yeah. because he's terrified of the yeah, count. I mean, Barry McGuigan said the same thing
1: last year. I think Joshua was right not to take oh, that fight. Oh, oh, oh. And if you were managing Joshua, you'd never <sighs> stuck him in that fight. I would have. You would never. Frank. Two months after being beaten by by Usyk. With, with, with Tyson Fury, he didn't, take my- a, he didn't take a belt in that fight. Did he it, take it, a good eye, did No, but he took a psychologically damaging outcome. He's he-
0: psychologically gone for a couple of years now. Don't you worry about no, that. I, I, I no, I, I don't disagree don't with you on that. that. But the point I'm making is Joshua gets a shot. Well, let's, let's, let's take that to another level. So Joshua, would you want to see Joshua in with Usyk again? Not particularly. Not particularly. I wouldn't want to see Tyson you and Maidenty Wilder either. Yeah, and, I, and I'm with you on that. Although it'd be a better fight. But the other, the other side of So if he's not going to fight the guy who's got three of the belts, and the other, other the only other belts, WBC, and you don't want to fight him. So what do you want to do? Well, do you think he's going to get any better to take
1: these guys on? Well, that's the, that's that's what that's what they're selling, aren't they? That's what they're selling. That's
0: the bullshit they're selling. Then we'll
1: see, won't we? Yeah. Do you think that? that we will get Tyson fighting everyone that he should fight in order for the claim that people make and I'm in that camp that generationally he's the best heavyweight around. Well, I do, do you think we're going to see all
0: these fights? I, I think you see some. Well, you've got to look at what you've got to look at his legacy up to his yet, and his legacy up to his jet that he went to Germany and beat Klitschko and beat Klitschko and opened the division eight, up eight, for everybody 18 months before. Yep. Anthony Joshua did Joshua it. Joshua did he opened it up everyone and, benefit. And, I remember from he, it. Had Joshua, yeah. he had Joshua uh, he had a Joshua on the floor and that uh, when he's right, fighting he was beat. But but more importantly, he went there and done him his own game, boxed his head off. Grant I is. mean, absolutely. Granted. He is. went to America, another, another travelling abroad, Grant and fought him. the hardest, Hitting, statistically, yeah. hardest punch in yeah. heavyweight. Most, probably the most technically, probably most technically inept as well. No, I don't know. was he, 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 not No, technically, I don't agree with that. Um, and absolutely done a done a. Done And all a, three fights, all good fights. But In all liked, three fights, he won say, all three fights. Yeah, he, the second one he absolutely destroyed him. He did the first one, he won it, and he got a draw. And the third one was a bloody good war. And wh- whatever the technique was lacking, the heart and desire was there. And he had Tyson on the floor a couple of times in that fight. But in order, and Tyson got up.
1: Yes, I know he did. Did like, get like, like back like for. Lazarus here around leg it right, no. he got up and done done what he had to do. But the point is, is in order for him the argument will be based upon the fact that in order for Tyson and for you as his promoter to give him the outcomes that everyone thinks that his talent should, de- de- should uh, yeah. determine, he's got to move on from just fighting one of the top fighters. Well, there's only two left. He's only fought one of the who, top who, fighters. Who's, who, he's not fought one of the top fighters. He's fought... Klitschko... Klitschko... in, was in the in, best in the, of his generation. Fine. Okay. All right, two then. He's fought two, of the, he's fought two of the top fighters around in the last five, six, seven years. Yeah. Klitschko that was coming to the end... Deontay Wilder, but in order for Tyson to achieve the outcomes, and you is promoted to deliver that, he's also got to fight Usyk, or do, if it might be Daniel. If Daniel yeah. beats Usyk, but as a Brit, I want Daniel to win. Yeah. As a fight fan, I think it's going to be very difficult for him. Um, he's got to fight Joshua if Joshua's still on the scene. If Joshua does a why, number, why
0: beating Joshua is is that a defining? Because fight? I think Joshua's been a two-time
1: heavyweight champion of the world. I think it's a fight yeah, but that, that, that's it builds like legacies,
0: doesn't it? But that, that's I don't agree with that. It's like saying. You know, when when uh, Larry Holmes fought Mike Tyson, Larry Holmes was a great fighter in his time, but when he... when yeah, he was 40-odd years, years of age. Yeah, but well, that's it. Okay, and the, 21 years. And, year and Joshua's had the crap kicked out of him in the last few... I mean, he's, what's he had in his last few fights? He's lost, what, three of them? No, I agree with you. See, but I'm, I am I'm, I'm just trying to. i finish off the legacy
1: thing with Tyson Fury by Pusik saying it could be still around. Music and Joshua at this moment in time are the two names that we're talking about that have resonance attached to it Zang, because he's already Zang, Zang, Zang and Joyce and Zang and Joyce, yeah. right? And 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 do you believe in your mind's eye that he's going to? That all of those fights are going to be
0: made? I believe they will be made if he wants to carry on fights, and they'll be made. Absolutely. In the meantime, he's got to, he's got to keep, keep. I don't want him being out of the ring until if if this thing wasn't happening in Saudi, this great event in Saudi, which is going to be the biggest event I've ever been involved in. If this wasn't happening, he would not be fighting until next. Oil barrels money coming. He would not be fighting in. until next next March. There is a lot of, uh, talk about
1: legacies, and your mate Carl was throwing them around about legacies the other day, and you'll probably agree with this one because he was criticising Anthony Joshua's legacy, but for you. What defines a legacy? What well, as a fighter? Yeah, as a fighter,
0: um, I think willing to fight. The, who's ever around the best that are around, and willing to step up and do it. And 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 I think Ricky Hatton has a legacy because he stepped up and fought everybody. He was he's actually in a in an era. Where there was two really good fighters at their best in, in Pacquiao. and, and Mayweather. And Mayweather, yeah, yeah. I think,
1: in another era. And he fought them all. Yeah, and he fought them. So then the question is: if Tyson retired tomorrow, how would you
0: define his legacy? I'd I'd define his legacy. This is the guy who wanted to fight everybody, they wouldn't want to fight him for the reasons we've explained. And if you look at the look at the others, uh Naz, Naz wanted, you know, there's no problem with Naz. We made Naz with, with everybody who was around. Um the same with Kazaki. Mm. he fought everybody
1: when you look at your time in sport in this sport what are the things that you've done that
0: made you most proud funding all the MRI scans for boxers right because the board at the time couldn't afford it being involved with lots of fighters giving them a legacy where they'd done well like Nigel Benn in his book said he should never have left me he'd come back by the way he went and then came back so I've had some fabulous nights in boxing some great times I've met some interesting people I mean, I, I you know, I got invited the day after Sugar Boy Malinga beat Nigel Ben Nigel Ben. I got an invite the next day to go to meet Nelson Mandela. And I I'm sitting in his house with his boxing lunatic, complete boxing, nut, in his house in Joburg. Where's this guy? I thought it was a joke when I got the call and we'll get there and sit down with him. It was, and he's probably one of the most impressive people I've ever met in my whole yeah. life. Last question for you, Frank.
1: When you look at your life and and you look at the career that you've been on, what do you think your legacy is? And how would you like to be remembered when you eventually stop doing what you're doing? You'll go forever. You'll outlive all of us probably.
0: But the question not... still abounds. What do you think your legacy is, and how would you like to? I like to think that I made I, I, I made the sport. I opened it up for other for, for other promoters, which also opened it up for boxers to get bigger purses, made it more competitive. I like to think that I've helped to make help fighters on their journey to secure themselves financially and to and fame and fortune. I like people. Who hopefully, think I do care about the sport. I do care about the sport, and personally, I I I, I want to be. I've always to, to friends been a good friend, and to. And being a good dad. That's all I care about. I mean, you know, and that's as good it. as it gets, isn't it. That's all. It is. As long as, it, as long as everybody around who I care about are happy, the ones who don't care about me, then get on with it. I don't care. it's been a pleasure thank you for being so up front yes thank you
1: (laughs) up front with me simon jordan is brought to you by william hill future episodes can be found on youtube spotify or wherever you find
0: your podcasts 18 plus please gamble responsibly